You're listening to the Soakin' Community Podcast. Your favorite source for gaming, film, and internet debate starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soakin' Podcast. I'm your host, T, and with me are Jace and Leo. Drayson. Jace Drayson. <laughs> Hello. I'm Leo. Man, I hope, like... You know how there's the stories about how, like, the actors trying to do the Batman voice, like, hurt their voice when they were trying to record? I just hope I that's not you. Did I sound like the Batman? Because I take that as a very high compliment. I guess everyone okay. would know that after after our conversations last week. Here's hoping you're not having vocal cord damage by halfway through the season. Alright, this week's episode is all gaming all the time. So before we dive headfirst into these games, let's talk about a little bit of film instead. Have you guys watched any good movies or shows recently that you'd recommend to the general audience? Yes. I was talking to Jace about this, I think, yesterday. Um, yep, yep. So I I normally don't sit around and watch Netflix or um, HBO or whatever just because I, I like to be in front of my computer. And I recently, <laughs> I think I admitted this earlier, but I, I figured out, I don't know why it took me so long, I can watch Netflix on my computer. <laughs> so yay, I've been catching up on, on all these shows. Now listen. This show is not that good, <laughs> but it's so good. <laughs> uh, Cobra Kai is on Netflix, and it is a uh, it, it's a Karate Kid like thirty years later, forty years later, not thirty. No way! Please don't <laughs> thirty. <tell me> 40. <laughs> Whenever it came out, early eighties, right? Yeah, earlier mid. I remember going like I think I was in middle school. Maybe I can't. I can't fully remember. Well, Cobra Kai is about the same area of California that the Karate Kid movie took place in, the original one, and it's about Daniel Larusso as like a grown-up. He he has a daughter, and he's well, he's his son and a daughter, and he's married to not. I can't remember the girlfriend's name. Um, well, whatever. Elizabeth Shue is the actress. Um, and then it's about Danny, his rival, and him growing up and just the different paths they took and now they're reconnecting, not in a good way. <laughs> um, and I don't know. It's 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 written all right. The acting is okay. There are some real cringe moments. But I love it, man. Because Karate Kid was awesome. <laughs> and... This brings that back. Didn't that start as like a... Didn't the Cobra Kai specifically start as a YouTube Red series? I think it did. Yes. Yep. That was a huge phenomenon back in the day. I was alive when it came out and I was old enough to be influenced by it. Um, me and my best friend at the time went and saw the Karate Kid and the following day went and enrolled in karate class. <laughs> 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 this is true even our sensei was like you guys saw karate kid last night didn't you <laughs> we were like yes sir it's good for your business man why yeah, criticize I mean, it um i have a couple of honorable mentions here i will i will go ahead and say that i have been really enjoying hbo max which is like the hbo streaming service 
it, it has been really a good time for me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Friends and get it off the table. I, I watch Friends continuously on loop, and I just finished the final season of Friends last week, so that's out of the way. But there are two new programs that are showing on HBO Max. One is called um, Lovecraft Country, and it's kind of loosely based on some of um, <clears throat> Lovecraft's telling in Lovecraft mythology. And then another called Raised by Wolves, which is very compelling by Ridley Scott. It's kind of a future, the, the earth is dead, so everyone had to go to another planet type and get on an arc and religious undertones and androids that are psychotic, but really fun to watch. Uh, I don't really have much to add because my accomplishment over the weekend was that I uh, made some of the other officers watch Jupiter Ascending again. Ew. <laughs> Uh, absolutely because I wanted them to be able to make fun of it with, but that was, uh, that was fun. That's the one where they roller skate in the sky, right? Yes. I uh, tried watching that twice now. and <laughs> I cannot do it. Uh, it is a fun movie. It is not a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> no, it is not. Well, this week you are spared once again from me talking about Jupiter Ascending. Maybe I'll get to it at some point. Uh, but this week we'll be going heavy on gaming. We're going to get to talk about the Dragon Age 4 rumors, the brand new Avengers game, and the upcoming Star Wars Squadrons. On August 27th, GamesCon's opening night live event showed us a behind-the-scenes teaser for pre-production on Dragon Age 4. While BioWare has expressed that the game likely won't release until 22, fans of the series are already buzzing about the theories we have so far. As is Dragon Age custom, the hero of every game is generally a different person. While we have no real plot detail, what kind of hero do you think that we're going to get? We've had a Warden, we've had a Champion, and we've had an Inquisitor. What's next? I have no idea, to be honest. Um, it the With every game, it seems like they're, they're creating new lore for the world. And um, obviously with the first game, we didn't know anything. We didn't know what a Warden even was. Um, and then the next one, it was the Champion... Um, which that's not really creating lore <clears throat> but then the inquisitor um I, as far as i know we didn't know anything about inquisitors prior to that game and then uh you know it was kind of the protagonist's goal to first revitalize the inquisition and then employ the inquisition so i suspect it's going to be something we we probably haven't seen before um it's it's possible it's some deep lore i don't know uh that's going to be you know the revival of this thing but I don't know Dragon Age lore well enough to make a guess. I don't necessarily have a guess, but I have a hope. I kind of hope that it's going to be to Venter Imperium related and kind of the Magisters over there get the spotlight and perhaps <clears throat> you're something important in that particular political <laughs> political spectrum. The to Venter Imperium is really different from most of the rest of the Dragon Age universe just because it's it's less uh, taboo to be a mage, I guess. The the Magisterium obviously teaches and encourages magic rather than, you know, having the, the circles or whatever they're called as as they did in where was it, Ferelden and 
uh, the other nation or lay or lay yeah so i i hope it's in the tevinter imperium and your character is some kind of some kind of magister in the imperium my my secret secret hope and this can't be just because i don't think it would fit is that you would get to play the child of morrigan and create a character based on that because that's a really compelling character thing to play and see how that tale unfolds but it, as long as we kind of get to know what happened to that kid that'd be fun fine for me or kieran i'd be really intrigued by that too um as for if the inquisitor will make an appearance i think that's that's been a staple of the games as well um i especially liked in in the last um couple dragon ages where like i could import my old character so that the appearance of my old character would show up um you know as as an npc that was pretty cool um i'm hoping they do that again yeah i imagine i imagine that we'll have some type of cameo from the inquisitor maybe even um what's his name hawk you know hawk played a role in Inqui inquisition and um the hero of ferelden he doesn't necessarily show up anywhere but you know he's referred to a lot he's he has cameos kind of off screen he's doing things for especially in inquisition he has some things he's I say he because my character was a he, but I guess you could have had a female hero of Ferelden. Um, but no, I think that's part of the part of the shtick for a Dragon Age game is that you kind of get to catch up with the characters that you have grown to like, including your own PC. I remember um, even getting the choice to like import the whole history of my previous game, like the decisions mm -hmm. that got made. And how that would affect you know side quests and stuff as they would come up um i remember being pretty impressed with that um well there's a whole system for that the dragon age keep um you have your sign in for the dragon age keep and it kind of records your history of the dragon age universe as you've played through so that then yep. when you sign into your game you download from the keep everything that's happened in your particular brain branch of you know altered history also makes it a lot easier to try alternate playthroughs so you don't have to go back and start at the very beginning if you don't want to. Can't imagine why Indeed. you wouldn't want to, but you know. So all three games have been a little different in terms of gameplay, but Inquisition was very different. Um, I remember people making jokes that it was the first Bioware game where you could jump. Um, it's So as opposed to previous games in the series, and while it did give many the experience of immersion, that style was a lot less popular with older fans. Do you think that the next game will make additional gameplay changes? And if so, what kind of changes do you think they should make? I think um, like the difference between the three Dragon Age games are your your Dragon Age Origins, like combat was um, very tactical. Um, mm -hmm. Like I remember many times pausing the game, putting people where I wanted them to go and fighting a fight with like letting a couple seconds pass and then pausing again. Um, Dragon Age 2, it was giving the AI instructions and then letting the, like, just fighting through. It was much more real-time, I guess. And I think Inquisition tried to bring both of those into play. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure it, it did either as well as the previous two games did, and I think that was a lot of the criticism. I personally hope um that the combat goes back to more of a tactical approach 
I just, I, I like being challenged like that. Um, and I, I don't find the quick, um, combat at least in terms of having to outsmart an opponent. I don't find that as, um, I don't know, fulfilling, I guess. And I really like to have to outsmart enemies. I, I also preferred the combat in Dragon Age Origins. It did feel more thoughtful. It did feel more on purpose. And it kind of felt like you had more control over the battlefield. And I guess that's what tactical means. But I, I hated the combat in Dragon Age 2. I liked the story fine. I didn't like the reused set pieces and stuff. But the the combat I found really not engaging. It just felt real button mashy to me. And not at all what I thought Dragon Age Origins was you know set up set up to be it almost felt like a bait and switch in some ways i i, I like game in that i liked playing through it i like the story i like the lore but the gameplay did not do it for me i really did like the gameplay in inquisition it w wasn't my favorite of the trilogy but i thought it was a good move back towards having a little more of a tactical feel while still feeling i guess the word is console-ish you know, you, you kind of have a little more in the moment. Uh, or peasantry, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more visceral combat rather than more thoughtful. But yeah, I, I would love it if they'd go back to more of the, the slow dragon, uh, the, the the slower, what's it called? Like Dungeons and Dragons almost style of, uh, of combat. I don't think that will. I think they're on a path and I think that they're, committed to it that's my opinion i know nothing <laughs> but i think that it'll it'll probably be more like inquisition than any of the others is my guess so i do have a quick question then just out of curiosity what classes did you guys tend to play in inquisition in inquisition i played what was the the knight commander is that what it was called it was the one the of the mage specializations spirit. yeah the one it with was the a mage magic sword for sure yeah the one with the magic sword is the one and i didn't know when i picked it that was my first playthrough um, I didn't know what I picked it. It was like able to go God mode. You know, you could just stand there and <laughs> spam kill a dragon. But then my next playthrough, I played a an archer, like rogue type. Yeah, I I always go mage every, <laughs> just about every game. Every Dragon Age was was a mage of some kind. Okay. Yep. Um, I played rogue the first two games, but Inquisition I found to be the most fun when I played a mage. So that was why I was curious, is just to see if some of that mechanic shift made the difference. I thought the mage classes in Inquisition were genius. Like each one of them was so different and had such a different style. You know, you kind of get to play all of them because you can jump into the bodies of the other characters and 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 mess around with those powers. But really, all of the, I tended to on my main playthrough, my what I call my head cannon playthrough, I tended to bring all mages along. <laughs> I just found that a lot more fun in the grand scheme and usually one like tankish but the rest mages i found that to be the most fun way to play plus they had really good banter yeah def all right well let's talk about what little bit of plot ideas that we have the cryptic part of the announcement so far has been the phrase the dread wolf rises some believe this might be the title of the game but either way what we do know is that the dread wolf is soulless Longtime companion and Inquisition turned primary villain at the end of the Trespasser DLC. Based on this, it's rumored that Solus may either be the overarching villain of the story, or that the protagonist may in some way be connected to the Dread Wolf. Thoughts? 
I don't think Solus is going to be a huge villain, I, I, mainly because his he was relatively forthright with his agenda. It wasn't necessarily the well, it depends on your playstyle, I guess, but it wasn't necessarily the agenda of the of the PC or where they wanted the story to go. But I don't think he's going to be a villain. He's just uh, he's just doing his own thing. He, it was revealed at the end of Inquisition that he's actually Finn Harrell, the god of betrayal. <laughs> so, in you know, you could make a case that he's going to be the ultimate betrayer and a big bad, but I kind of don't think he is. The because of how much interaction you got, it, it's kind of like a Loki situation. When somebody's a fan favorite like that, you can't really make them hated without adding kind of a negative connotation to the game. I think they're going to do. They might pull sort of a Loki thing where Loki it was the big bad for Avengers, but then you know they liked the character he's popular so they kept bringing him around and giving him a way to still have those elements without full-on being the big bad again yeah i think um what we might even see is not necessarily a redemption arc per se um but a like a a, a whole story reveal that like you know he he's called the betrayer but this is what he really did or this is you know this this is what actually happened um did you both play Trespasser? I did. No, I did not. Okay, we got a little bit of what you're talking about in Trespasser. What was the reveal? Um, it's kind of hinted at throughout the rest of the game that the elven gods may not have actually been gods. Uh, they were actually just very powerful mages, but during that time, magic was much stronger in the world in general. Um, and Solus, the, the Veloslin or the elven markings are actually slave brands. That were used to mark like what faction you were essentially owned by. Uh, Solus ah. became the Dread Wolf by essentially leading um, the Elven Underground Railroad, where he freed various slaves, taught them how to fight, how to gather, etc. Um, and they started trying to revere him as a god, and he kept telling them, "No, I'm just here to give you guidance, etc." Um, which is really cool when you get like the bit of dialogue where he gives Sarah advice on like how to run the Red Jetties. And it makes it feel like way out of place at the time because you're like, how do you have this knowledge? And then you play Trespasser and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Um, so he did not kill Mithal, but he is the reason the rest of the elven god mages are locked away because he's the one that created the veil between the worlds. He kind he he was remorseful, I think, at the end of Trespasser, just because it is revealed that kind of the whole the whole problem was his fault <laughs> he caused it not on not intentionally but he he put that that series of events into motion himself mm -hmm. for another reason but he at the end didn't he kind of kill methal who was flameth who ultimately better come back because i love mulgru <laughs> as um, an actor in that game my understanding of it is that someone else killed methal i think it was the other elven gods but it, that's not been confirmed um, or they thought that they had killed her in revenge. Solus created the veil, deciding that they had gone too far. Uh, Mithal managed to survive in a fragment of her former self and joined with a woman named Flemeth and was then did the whole uh, transferring of essence to the daughters. And then when no, I mean, at the end of Trespasser, didn't didn't it appear? It wasn't, I guess, definitive, but didn't it appear, appear that he did finally kill her? She gave him her life force because he couldn't operate um, the anchor or undo the veil without it because he had put too much of his own power into it. 
Dragon Age is definitely your jam tea. <laughs> I like Dragon Age. <laughs> it has great universe building. I mean, it really is a cool fantasy world that they've yeah. I think. The game, whether you like the gameplay or not, I think the lore is fascinating. I concur. And in fact, um, after I played Origins, it was my favorite fantasy lore. Um, I think, you know, second to Lord of the Rings, but you can't you can't top the chat the champ. No, he, everything is kind of a derivative, a derivation, or whatever the word is from from Tolkien, really. Yep. All right. Well, let's move on before I uh, give another lecture. <laughs> <laughs> it was enjoyable. Welcome to my TED talk. You are semi-captivized. Anyway, lead writer Patrick Weeks said about the game that the plot will revolve around having no power and leaders who refuse to address the issues. Part of many RPGs is that you as the protagonist are often a chosen one-like hero, including in previous Dragon Age games. How do you feel about the idea of an RPG in which that isn't the case? Do you think it's even possible? I absolutely do. And and I think it's actually my, my favorite RPG sans... Um, stories like the witcher where you're you're playing as you know a, a pre-established character that has a past and and all that um in fact my my recollection has been a long time but dragon age origins was you're a normal whatever um and you're thrust into this world and you 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 don't know if you're going to survive the trial to even become a gray warden and like the whole game is around you not being that like chosen one inquisition you were and that i think is another element of why i preferred origins to inquisition i dig those games i don't know i'm i'm torn on it because there is i guess if you're in in a our a role play guild like we have playing in every man is the best way to tell a long story to to have role play that is interactive and you know, nobody's above anybody else in terms of just base power level in, in most ways. But when I play a single player RPG, I want God mode. I like to play the chosen one. <laughs> I like to have some type of important purpose and destiny. Like I like those elements of a game uh, just because it feels epic and grand. I, d I think that if they pull back on it too much, it may feel boring and bland uh, case in point there's a game that was built oh i'm not gonna be able to remember the name help me leo we both played it it was is it outlander or outward i think outward i think you didn't play it a lot i played it a fair amount but it's the whole point of it is it builds you as just an everyman in this universe in this in this game world and i found it to be tedious as hell and i don't really want to play you know a stockbroker in fantasy realm. <laughs> no, my my wife was playing a game yesterday. As a matter of fact, that has all these fantasy characters, like an elf and a mage and whatnot, and a couple of them are playing video games, and they are a lawyer and like a banker. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> like this is an escape from our tedious reality. <laughs> Well, sadly, we've got a long time to wait before this game comes out, which means likely a long time before we get any more details. In the meantime, Dragon Age Origins and Inquisition are both on sale on Steam, so now is a great time to get caught up on the series.
About a week ago, Square Enix and Marvel released their long-awaited Avengers game. And go figure, the reviews are mixed. For the most part, the reviews seem to just say... Meh. 73% on Metacritic, a 3.9 on Google Reviews, and a 6 out of 10 on Digital Trends all pretty much spell out that the campaign is mostly enjoyable, multiplayer is mediocre, and ultimately just not what people were expecting. But not bad. Let's break down our thoughts about the game. The studios behind the game have stated that they intend to pull a Destiny and continue updating and adding to the game over time. Noah Hughes, the studio creative director at Crystal Dynamics, said, quote, It's not so much DLC as much as just regularly looking forward to updates within the game and changes within the world's stories, end quote. Do you think taking the Destiny route for this game is smart? And will it keep people playing longer? I do. Who knows? <laughs> well, nobody knows, Jace. That's why we're debating. I just, I'm, I'm always... I'm just kind of baffled by by the finickiness of gamers. Um, what works really well in one game and people can get totally addicted to, if someone else tries to recreate, it's almost like there's a resentment about it. Um, and so I don't know if those loot grinders or, or you know the, the people who like to get on that treadmill of upgrading loot, what do they call them, looter shooters, if they'll embrace the game long term. Um, I, I just don't know. I think that this game may not get that crowd and may cater more towards a a Marvel fan type of uh, type of fan base. I I agree. And, and I, I think some of that resentment is based off of um, I mean, honestly, the market these days for video games, um, it, pe players are just inundated with choice. There are games of all kinds, and they are all vying for player attention. In fact, it's hard for me to, to continue playing a single game for more than a few weeks. There's just so many out there now. So I think folks resent a game mimicking another successful style because they're concerned it's going to pull a portion of the player base away, and it's going to lead to degradation of the quality of the game they enjoy as well as fewer players and and all that that goes with it although i do agree this is going to be more appealing to to marvel fans i mean that's largely why you picked it up it's not because you like playing True. destiny no in fact i hated destiny i um i did buy destiny hopefully to play with people who enjoyed it but i, I really don't even know if i could complete the tutorial and i i really think i probably didn't give the game a fair shake um perhaps i should revisit it and see if i could ever get into it because i i do love loot man i really do get that endorphin rush whenever i see a nice purple or orange piece of loot pop up i i liked anthem where most people hated it which is and it's a looter shooter that anthem's problem is didn't have enough content if if marvel avengers can pump out content like he's saying they can it will keep me playing for a long time mostly because I found the campaign completely enjoyable. I have yet to really jump into multiplayer. I can imagine it would be fun with friends. I'm less excited to play it with strangers just because I've heard that it's difficult to keep the group together. And one of the reviews that I read said that literally there's not even a mechanic to, you know, focus objectives. So 
you could have four different Avengers heading off in different directions in these maps. The maps are pretty big in some cases, and you, you mostly don't want to get left alone. And the travel speed of each character is, you know, pretty lore compliant. So if you're Captain America, it's going to take you longer to get across the map than if you're Thor, and you can summon lightning to ride on. And so there, there are definitely some just mechanical issues that make more difficult to have a, a positive multiplayer if you're not gaming with friends. But man, if I had a group of friends that lo that wanted to play through this content with me, I, I could see myself playing it for a long, long time. Mostly because, though, I am in love with the Avengers and the play styles of each character are just varied and vastly different, but really aligned to what I think it would feel like to play each one of the individual Avenger video games. How fortuitous is then that we are a part of such a large and diverse gaming community? Yes, we are um, in Sogan. Which one? Oh, you're referring to Sogan. I wasn't sure which one you're referring to. <laughs> I, I, if I can enjoy the lore of a game, I'm probably going to play the game, even despite whatever flaws it has. Um, Marvel lore is usually pretty good, so I'm looking forward to the potential for them to do what Destiny did, which is they released the initial game, and then they moved the story forward. And they created new content and everybody could play through it and it added to the overall story of the original game and they've done that so many times now it's kind of unrecognizable from its original self um, and if they can do that here then i think this has a long life ahead of it i do hope so i mean i obviously love the brand so i hope there's something compelling for people to play for a long time to come i've i have really enjoyed my time in the single player campaign i think i'm like six hours in i'll get there all right uh i am actually going to go ahead and give a bit of a spoiler warning here this is a soft spoiler warning uh, we might get into discussing some more details so if you're wanting to go into the avengers game completely blind here's where you need to skip to our next segment the game was advertised originally as a game in which you play as the Avengers through the plot. While that's not false, Polygon's review of the game called it a, quote, big-budget Miss Marvel-focused single-player that just so happens to have the main Avengers cast along for the ride, end quote. Do you agree with that point, or and do you think that the game is missing out by not focusing more on the wider cast? Or do you think the game is doing justice to the fans by playing as Avengers superfan Miss Marvel, a progressive and underutilized character in the mainstream that's still gaining popularity? I think Ms. Marvel... Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I think Ms. Marvel is actually a really good choice for the player's perspective. Um, I, I think Ms. Marvel in the comics... Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if she's as underutilized as she is just like in my opinion just not very well written it's an interesting character and there's a whole lot that can be done with her um and i just don't it i haven't seen it um this gives the opportunity to actually play as her to see the avengers through the eyes of you know a, a relatively normal person granted she's got superpowers so she's not totally normal um but she i don't know e even in this iteration she has the kind of vanilla approach that like harry potter did in the in the harry potter harry potter series like he didn't really have 
flaws to deal with. There really wasn't, you know, I don't know. He, he didn't do anything controversial. It's the same thing here with Miss Marvel. She's just super vanilla. But it's a great position to be in if you are supposed to be the audience. And I think she serves well in that capacity. Yeah, 100%. The Miss Marvel is the gateway to the game and the gateway to the Avengers. It's it was a decision it was a choice and whether or not people like it is definitely going to be up to the individual player i don't think it was a miss marvel focused single player game at all i can see why someone would say that because you start there you start with her and there's even a mission i believe later in the game where you are forced to play her again but trust and believe anytime i didn't have to play her i didn't and i mostly played as other characters through the vast majority of the campaign um, whether it was you know Iron Man or Thor, I just never chose her when when you had the opportunity to go into a mission. So that that criticism is a little unfounded past like the first few hours of the game, I feel like. Once you have other heroes unlocked, just pick someone else if you want to play the the other someone else. Yeah, it's, like I said, with i I'm only about six hours into the campaign, and i've <clears throat> I've only quote unlocked well you said spoilers i've only unlocked the hulk and i don't really like his power set but i like it better than hers and he's i don't know he, he he's a little bit better character to get through stuff but for the narrative choices you know while she's vanilla um i it, it's a good perspective being the player's eyes her story is it is a little bit vanilla in that there's not a lot of a lot of conflict going on except that she is trying to see herself as an avenger through the storyline of the game and that so that arc of her coming from you know you actually play as her several years prior to the actual game starting at the very beginning of the prologue all the way to the end and it's soft spoilers so i won't give a big fat huge reveal but she has a pretty huge moment at the end of the of the game which i can also see that would play into that it's a much marvel focused single player this this campaign but and it's a big moment <laughs> I, I won't say any more than that because i don't want to completely spoil it you know at that point she does she's kind of taking the path from somebody who was looking in as i can't believe i'm here with the, the avengers wow fan 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 to oh my gosh i'm an avenger and that's kind of her arc. It's very, very slight. It's very mild. A lot of the other characters deal with some other bigger things. Um, some of them deal with nothing. You know, like I feel like uh, Black Widow doesn't really have an arc at all in the game. And you, while you do play as her if you wish to, she almost feels like a, an add-on to the game, which I think is kind of a disappointment. Her playstyle is really fun, by the way, I, felt, I thought. But the cool thing is if they are going to come out with dlc if they are going to come out with other campaigns they could really this was like just chapter one so every chapter could potentially have a a focus of one of the characters dealing with something as well as release new characters that you you'd get to tell their story and play through totally i'm i'm hoping that that is this additional content not only more story but more more avengers any in particular you guys are looking forward to Doctor Strange. Here's what's pissing Dang me it. off, though. That was mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I had a number one, it really is Spider-Man. But because I know that Spider-Man is only going to be unlocked on the PS, the PlayStation 4 or 5, depending on which one you eventually have, that ultimately just pisses me the F off. Because 
I want to play as Spider-Man, and just because I'm playing on the PC, I don't get to. So if I don't get him, fine. Fine. I'm going to go with Strange. I should have left that for you because I've obviously known Doctor Strange would have been your jam. <laughs> yeah, totally mine. Uh, but honestly, um, I don't remember who was talking about I think you were actually talking about this, Jace, and, and I thought it was an excellent point um, previous to, the, to tonight. But that, like, part of the story, and apologies for spoilers again, but um, part of the story is that um, superpowers get uh, dispersed throughout the population and random people end up with random superpowers some some more dangerous than others some they can't control and some people who don't have good intentions with those powers and that's kind of like the world crisis that people are dealing with i want and i cannot believe they didn't do this by letting you design your own superhero why is that not in this game um like it, it was such a perfect opportunity allow that granted the Avengers is the draw playing with the Avengers, but you could have done that with, uh, like, instead of Miss Marvel playing it through the eyes of this custom hero that you made. I, I, that would have been brilliant. And I'm hoping that future um, updates to the game allow that opportunity because that would be mm, brilliant. Yeah, I, I, I would love to have gotten to create an original character. One of my general irks with role-playing games is when they don't let you create a character and you're thrust into a pre pre-baked character and you just kind of have to fill that role best you can i don't really like that ever as much as if i get to sit at a character creation screen think of a backstory think of a power set and then create that being that's super way more fun the inhumans are are a big part of marvel lore so coming in as an inhuman i mean really it really could have been the sky's the limit so don't skip on the character creators. Let us waste more of our time on your game. Well, the Avengers game is currently available on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Steam, and Stadia. If you are actively playing it yourself, let us know your thoughts on the game on Twitter with the hashtag SoakinPodcast. Avengers Assemble. It's official, guys. Our first actual Star Wars segment of season six. Woo! That was my lightsaber sound effect. I saw. I saw. It funny, was very accurate. I saw a funny cartoon where they said, "How do you know what something that doesn't exist sounds like?" And they were like, "All right, what's a laser sword sound like?" And so I went, and they were like, "Okay, yeah, that's legit." <laughs> Fair. All right. Back in June, during the peak of quarantine time. EA released its official reveal trailer for the next game in its Star Wars lineup, Squadrons. Naturally, because it's EA, people are concerned. But this is the first new look at space combat we've gotten in a Star Wars game in a little while. And with Battlefront 2 having made a resurgence in popularity, despite the company's bad press, this may very well be a hopeful experience. EA has promised already that the game will have zero microtransactions. They said the same and kept their promise for Jedi Fallen Order, so we have no reason to distrust that information aside from the general. Do you think that will help the popularity of the game and in turn EA's reputation? Guys, I don't care about microtransactions. I like to be able to spend my hard-earned money so that my character can have blue hair. If, if people want to buy 
things inside of their video games they should be allowed to do it and i don't know why it's such a big hassle what i hate are loot boxes where if i want a particular skin and i've got to open fifty-seven thousand of them to get that particular skin that irritates the dog out of me i'm trying not to cuss i'm trying to make a change for the better if you haven't noticed that's why it's sometimes awkward my sentence your effort is appreciated but i know i don't want still to always have to bleep me but I don't care if there are microtransactions. I don't think I don't know why it gets such a bad rap in the community. Overall, you know, if it's game breaking, yeah, complain about it. But if it's just cosmetic, let it be. Yeah, I'm in the I'm in the same boat. Um, with that caveat, that so long as these microtransactions are cosmetic, and they don't afford someone an advantage or a disadvantage for not having them, then yeah, I got I got zero beef. And I share the beef with loot boxes, but I think a little less passionately than than my homie, Chase. Yeah, um, I, I don't mind dropping my dollars, but don't make me drop dollars to gamble on whether... Just let me buy it. I don't care how much it is. Just tell me a price. I will buy it myself. <laughs> don't make me roll for it. As for uh, as for whether or not it's going to help the, populator of the, the popularity of the game or EA's reputation, um, I don't know. EA's going to have to they're going to have to like offer some some penance for a number of years to to video game gods in order to um i think turn the reputation they have around um it's difficult as uh, a, a huge company that is trying to make a profit to figure out ways to make a bit that don't make it look like they're trying to make a profit <laughs> because that seems to just piss gamers off oh you're trying to make a profit <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's why the company exists. How um, dare you? Yeah. How dare you? But uh, I I think they haven't found the right formula yet. Um, and, and I hope they do. EA doesn't turn out total garbage all the time. But, you know, when, uh, when I think gamers feel you're sacrificing game quality for profit, then, yeah, that's when things are going to start to go downhill. Um, but... I don't know. They made a good call with Jedi Fallen Order. I didn't love the game, but I liked that it wasn't like typical EA. So I'm I'm looking forward to this one for the same reason. Yeah, as long as they don't make it exploitive, as long as they don't make it in your face, like open the store, open the store, open the store. There's some one game I played. I think it was Neverwinter, where it felt like everything was through the the cash door, and it was always just right online? there in your face and NWO yeah, the the online one. And like the the cash store button was always just pulsing. <laughs> click yes, me, click yep. me, click <laughs> me. That irritated the heck out of me. The campaign of the game takes place after the events of the original trilogy, with the remnants of the Empire facing the New Republic. Will squadrons have a place in pseudo canon like Fallen Order? I hope it's canon because the trailer got me super excited by showing me wedge being an actual canon part of rogue squadron again that hasn't been the case since since star wars went to legends and wedge being rogue one is everything plus um hera what's her last name sabula sabdula i can't remember how you say it sabdula um she has an appearance in the trailer as well which is exciting because then you're pulling in um star wars rebels characters well so i think that it's a great thing for star wars to have a continuous canon through all of the products i know battlefront did not it's kind of hard to do it in that genre anyway 
but there's no reason in my mind that this couldn't be part of of canon and i have to throw in here this particular time period is perhaps my favorite time period of star wars era even even better than like the old republic this new republic era i loved legends and i was really sad to see them go i loved the timothy zahn books i think that this is a a period of history and time in the star wars universe that is ripe with tantalizing fruit to pluck from the vine so i hope that they give us some really good story along with the you know spaceship gameplay i am of the other opinion believe it or not um i'm thinking that this is just a it's going to be a game it's a um granted it does have cameos but i think they're just going to be cameos um through watching some gameplay and taking a look at like what the game is actually planned to be um there's a campaign but from everything i've seen there just isn't much to it it's it's basically um dog fights and and fleet battles and then once you play through the quote campaign which is like you play both sides of it so you you are the new republic and you are the remnants of of the empire um and you know i i guess that could lend itself to some interesting dynamics perhaps the fact that the bad guys aren't all evil um although it didn't seem that from the gameplay i saw like there was still like everybody all the empire guys talked in like gravelly voices <laughs> it was like just overtly like remember we're the bad guys so i don't know i, I i'm not that confident that there's going to be an intriguing story and i'm not confident that it's it's gonna you know be reflected in the larger star wars canon but i don't think that's important for this game this is a space shooter and it looks to be a good one i will tell you my very first foray into pc gaming was with a little game called x-wing and then x-wing versus tie fighter and the game was really just about flying an x-wing around i i loved it i was in college at this time that dates me i realize and it was my first time to ever, you know, put a disc into a computer and put a, a game on it. And at that time, we didn't have Windows even. So it wasn't like you could just double click. start. you had to actually run it through the type commands to start your game and stuff. And it was ridiculously fun. And probably the story wasn't that deep, especially in light of the many, many video games I've played since that time. But I remember being so completely immersed in being an X-Wing pilot that it felt like I was really pushing along the narrative because if I remember correctly, the X-Wing storyline lets you play missions kind of around iconic uh, moments in the Star Wars universe. So you, you're actually playing through some of those battles in the movies and, and things that lead up to those battles. Um, so you're, you're moving a campaign that isn't necessarily narrative storyline, but it's kind of like strategic storyline. You're moving the ball on this kind of grander galactic scale. And I'm going to tell you what, I had a great time doing it and i have really bizarrely immersive memories of being in a huge star wars story <laughs> even though i probably wasn't i have similar uh memories of playing my first battle tech video game at my friend's house on their computer it was all polygons and rectangles but i felt like the keyboard was a cockpit and yeah. it was impressive um that said have you gotten a vr headset yet jace no, I haven't. I keep getting sick uh, dogs and having to use my money to do dumb stuff for sick pups. So this one can be played in VR. And having played 
Elite Dangerous. Have you ever played Elite Dangerous? I have, and I really like. Yes, it. It's another. I think. I don't. I don't know. It. It. It's hard to say realistic about flying spaceships around. Um, but you haven't heard of NASA? It happens. <laughs> but to like dogfight in space, I don't. You know, who knows? Um, but I played Elite Dangerous with a VR headset, and it blew my mind the first time I played it. And the, given that this can be played in VR, um, I can imagine the immersion is just out of this world. Like it, it's it's going to. I'm I'm actually looking forward to playing it in VR just to experience looking around inside a cockpit of you know one of these uh, eight fighters you get to play. Like it just a wing. <laughs> it looks fantastic. I really can't wait to fly an a wing. <laughs> I feel so excited about it. Well, let's jump over to the multiplayer discussion. EA's announcement showed us two game modes so far, fleet battles and dogfights. Dogfights appear to be the standard 5v5 team deathmatch, while fleet battles take on a more classic EA objective-based fight. What kind of other game modes are you guys expecting to see out of this game? I'm actually not expecting to see any other um, game modes. The developers have, have said that they're not planning any other game modes um it would be interesting to have like um more objective based um kind of long-term missions but that really doesn't seem to be the style this game is going for it's quick paced it's like a you know a 15 minute match a 10 minute match you know let's let's blow up the other guys and try not to get blown up ourselves and um and see what happens uh that said it, it sounds like a lot of fun. I always enjoy that kind of game. I um, What I'm a little anxious about is that it get, it's giving me SWOTOR space battle vibes in that, I mean, as far as the multiplayer goes, that you're just going to kind of jump in and once it's over, it's over. And while I played a lot of of the, the SWOTOR space game, I, I really did, and I actually liked it. I had a pretty high level uh, or a pretty progressed ship um i fear that that's not enough depth to carry the game long term on its own like how long can you really feel pushed to log in and fight a dogfight over and over and over again i imagine that's just not the type of game that will, will remain fun a long long time now that that could be dumb people love battle royale and to me that is just mindless drivel but so if i guess if there's a a sort of mentality of that same feeling in space sure um i do like more objective based games just 5v5 is not super fun i like games where you have to guard uh you know objectives or move something or, or capture points on a map those are those are fun type things for me um i don't know if, if i have any other expectations beyond that other than i really don't want to be disappointed in feeling like you're playing the same match over and again I guess I'm gonna cross cross our uh, our Fortnite night off of our calendar. <laughs> you can just cross Fortnite off of the, the future calendar. Still haven't played Fortnite. Me neither. <laughs> Nor maybe, I. Maybe maybe one day we'll get around to it. But I respect those who choose to do it, even <laughs> though I called it mindless drivel. <laughs> and we love you. Keep listening. Thank you. 
The gameplay of Squadrons seems to focus less on piloting skill and accuracy and a bit more on strategy. With four types of ships on each side to fly and first-person view of shields, weapons, engines, and shield direction, how immersive do you guys expect this to be, with or without the VR element? Is it going to feel more like micromanaging than fighting? I'm a nerd, and I told you that in my dorm room with my ancient computer back in the days of my college, I was completely immersed thinking I was in the cockpit of an X-Wing. I imagine that I will only feel more immersed with my three huge screens in front of me and the potential to have VR as well. I, I don't think that it's going to be a let's see shallow game in fact I, I was looking at a review of a guy who played some of it and he said he he was expecting it to be you know a, a shallow space shooter and he was really surprised at the depth of while it's not a complete flight sim there are some elements of flight sim that made it feel a lot a lot deeper than just kind of scooting your mouse around the screen and, and mashing your your left click button so i hope that those you know, adjusting shield levels, adjusting power levels into different systems. I hope that it's meaningful and gives you something to think about more than just making sure your reticles on on your bad guy. I, we we may have actually watched the same video, Chase. <laughs> Maybe so. I, it was, uh, and and to be honest, the 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 stuff I saw was actually kind of impressive. How, like some elements of realism that were criticized, I actually applaud. Um, like if your ship is traveling really fast, but you're in empty space, it isn't going to look like you're just flying past things. And and that was actually a complaint of, of folks like, oh, it looks like I'm going so slow in empty space. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're in empty space. <laughs> I mean, um, but then as you get closer to like big ships or planets or asteroid fields or whatever, like you go flying past that stuff and you're like, oh, I'm actually not going that slow. I'm really going pretty fast as well as the ability to use like um, zero gravity and you're not flying an airplane in space you're actually you're turning on a dime and you're able to slow down and stop and you know move pretty pretty quickly like that kind of stuff um, I think that's an element of realism that I would really appreciate and I would really enjoy playing um, and then all of that other stuff of like what are the aspects of your ship that you're worried about? Do you have shields in the front or do you have shields in the rear or are they, you know, mixed around and, you know, how much energy is going to your engines to catch up or flee from an enemy? Like those things, that that's very immersive. I also like you go into a fight with four other people and you have, depending on the side you're on, you get four ships to choose from. And if you go with all of the same ship you're going to be at a disadvantage because there are strengths and weaknesses to each ship and i like that i like not only out flying a foe but out thinking a foe if you have a role to play if there's a strategy to even the the build of the group that's that just makes it more attractive for me i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna want that yeah in in swotor in the space game, there are different classes of ship too, and I found myself really drawn to bombers. I liked playing a bomber. I don't know that I'll like that in this game, but I had a role, I had a point, I had a purpose, and I always played a support bomber as well. Um, you know, when you feel like there's something that you're adding that other people aren't adding, but then you need those other people to do the thing that they do, it's kind of just that whole holy trinity mindset. So when you have, yep. 
when you're participating in a way that makes a difference for the other people and then they're bringing that kind of full circle back to you it feels like you're playing in a team rather than everybody just doing their own thing and hopefully you you pull the trigger the most times the only stat that matters to me is the enemy's health and i need it to get lower faster than mine <laughs> absolutely that's the the call of the dps man all right star wars squadrons is due to release on october 2nd which is not far away at all maybe then we'll find out if it'll be a bit of new hope when it comes to ea gaming i see what you did with crossplay compatible gaming for pc xbox ps4 and even vr the stars are sure to be full of gamers from all corners, ready to fly. For today's tea time question, we're going into the realm of fantasy, Leo's favorite. <sighs> if you could learn a type of magic, what kind of mage would you be? Now, you can include magic from sources like Elder Scrolls, D&D, Harry Potter, etc. Anything to do with learned or controlled magic. So not avatar-type bending powers or anything inherent, but whether it's ritualized or element-based or specific goals. like. Ooh, I've been prepared for this question my whole life. <laughs> I had a hard time with it. I think we were reversed on the superpower one. Yeah, I think we were. I, I'm going <laughs> to spare the audience. My initial my initial answer was sort of the Marvel in-universe mystical powers where you kind of draw on mystical entities to empower you, and it does require study and uh, some devotion to learning. But because we're, it's just becoming cliche at this point that I'm just going to say Marvel, I, I dug a little deeper into my past, and I was thinking about... The Wheel of Time books with the um, Aes Sedai and using the the one power. I know that Aes Sedai and the Wheel of Time could only be females, but they used to, before the, the breaking, there could be male, whatever they call them, users of the threads of the one power. Um, but I really liked that world where you were kind of manipulating threads of power to create uh, spells and there was just such a vast library of types of things you could do with that magic and like tie off threads so that they'd be permanent and there was a little bit of an innateness to it you had to have innate skill to to be able to do it but it was you had to learn how to do it as well um, and the and the study even though you had kind of a capacity that you couldn't go beyond, you could study yourself up to your your kind of max capacity. But I love the Wheel of Time series, and I really like the idea of two different sides of magic. Uh, there's like a male side and a female side, kind of like yin and yang, that are in conflict but also work together uh, to drive the wheel. And you you kind of siphon from the that one power to to make your magic work. And I, I think that's rad, so I'll pick that. I never read the Wheel of Time, and I—it's been recommended to me by so many people. I think I'm—I think I'm gonna have to. It starts out great. In the middle, it gets real boggy. Um, it's really hard to get through some of the middle books. I will warn you, it gets way better towards the end. So kind of like any trilogy ever. <laughs> no, no, it's—it's it's like a tenogy. It's ten books, I believe. No, I, I can't remember. Exactly. In the beginning really soft middle and then a good finale yeah um so 
I don't know. The, the idea... Uh, oh, actually, still has a good point that Empire is the best Star Wars film. I do agree. Uh, and it is right in the middle of that initial trilogy. It's the one exception. Um, anywho, uh, uh, I've... The, the fantasy is, is my love for sure. Mages also, um, because honestly, I think what makes it fantasy? Well, it's magic. And so how do you, how do you differentiate between fantasy and just, oh yeah, the middle ages of earth? <laughs> well, it's magic and it's mages and it's, it's wizards and it's elements. So this, um, <laughs> I've, I'm embarrassed. I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> If I, if I could be a mage, what would I be? Um, I haven't found like a kind of um, a kind of magic that I've favored. I think, unfortunately, because most of the time those magics are just kind of all-encompassing, like um, like Gandalf. Like, what can he do? I I don't know, man. The guy can do just about anything. If I had to stick with a type of magic, um, I think I'm gonna. I'm going to lean more into my video game um, tendencies and the kinds of classes I prefer to play because there are just, you know, there, there's a lot of games don't just have, quote, mage. They have several different types of mage that you can be. And I always tend to favor a kind of illusionist or a um, kind of mind mage. And I know that's my superpower too. And yes, I know I'm buying into my own cliche here but i love a mage that isn't um direct i like a I like a mage that is like can even trick you into thinking they're not a mage like that kind of stuff is really intriguing to me because it affords itself not just i think more narrative um opportunity but if i could do it man just love to be able to do that what you tea? Uh, well, I want whatever would let me bond with a dragon. So let's just get that out there. <laughs> You'd say you like the Aragon as a bard. series? <laughs> yeah, like uh, or Dragon Riders of Pern. Yeah, listen. If it, I don't care if it's a dragon that I like is the size of a falcon and it just like acts like a cat but with wings and occasionally breathes fire at me. Like what, if it's the size of a house, like I don't. I'm not picky. I just I want a dragon. Um. But I'm going to assume that that's not necessarily on the table. Um, I think my standard go-to would be something to do with water or healing or plants. Um, but what I've actually kind of always favored is the idea of a very kinetics-based type of magic. Um, whether it's deferring kinetic actions or amplifying your own kinetic movements. Um, gravity manipulation a little bit, I guess. But basically just the idea of taking energy that is around you, redirecting it, controlling it, amplifying it, and occasionally negating it. The unstoppable force and the immovable object. That reminds me of... Oh no, what's her What's her name? The, the sister from the Umbrella Academy that didn't think she had powers? Vanya. 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 That reminds yeah. me a lot of Vanya. I think I have a... a god fetish i'm just sitting here thinking about all of like every power that i just named is kind of derived from a, a source of divine energy somewhere I'm, i guess i'm just a cleric at heart shish and cademan is the chosen yeah of the divine conclave oh my god i need to make some changes in my life <laughs> we're all paladins here folks 
We are. I just we like just, to wear robes and pretend to cast illusions. And we just multi-class really sometimes. Good, yeah. White and gold does look so good. <laughs> All right. If you would like to submit a tea time question for the podcast, head on over to SoakinGaming.com slash SoakinMedia and find the submission bar on the right-hand side of the page. Thank you, gamers, for joining us for this episode of the Soakin Podcast. For more Soakin Media, visit us at SoakinGaming.com slash SoakinMedia, follow our Twitter at SoakinGaming, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Soaking Gaming Community. And look for future episodes of the podcast on Google Podcasts and iTunes. Until next time, I've been T. Chase, am I? I've been Leo. I'll still be after this. And we'll see you next week. Stay classy, Soaking. Thank you for listening to the Soaking Community Podcast. Craving more? Visit us on Twitter and YouTube at Sokin Gaming, as well as our website, www.sokingaming.com. Until next time, stay classy. Right, Jace?